This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. It seems just. It seems only right. Does it not? The day after the final pre-primary debate. The final pre-primary debate has been spoken. We were together for it. And now the most thoughtful, considerate, interested, interesting audience in radio just happens to be matched up today on this show, on the Blaze Radio Network, with the most thoughtful, considerate, interested, interesting, and did I mention modest, radio host, Excelsior. Here we are, uh, one of a number, very small number, of milestones in your political life that you'll never forget, and here we are together for it. It's a shame that we can't see everything, because my choice already of the outstanding tape presentation, video presentation, of the last, and I'm sure next, 24 hours, was Ty and I running around in our kitchen finery, in our big chef's hats, and in our aprons, making brunch for each other. La cage au faux tradition here, because you have to, you know, where you, you, you have to, you have to eat in the same place, you have to live in the same place. It's No one goes home. And so whose turn is it? Which cooking team is it? Whose turn is it to make brunch? And I'll tell you, Ty's souffle, it was almost worth staying up 48 hours to have the little things, you know, behind the scenes. Welcome back for Ty, for myself. 
for all of us at the Blaze Radio Network. It was quite a night. And you ain't seen nothing yet. That was quite a night. But in three nights still, you're going to see a bigger night. And you're going to understand it and enjoy it and steep yourself in it and drink every little tiny piece of fabric of this history into your brain and your heart and your soul. Because that's what this is. This is the Civics Circus Maximus. This is the working end of the Constitution of the United States. This is what constitutional democracy looks like. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Ty, is it a beautiful thing? It's a very beautiful thing. Your office telephone number, and it's open now, is one 3393 I have, as is my want, as is my happy obligation, to render for you a number of questions that are each of their own, subtly different or not so subtly different, all of them derivative of the same question. And what the Q and the A all add up to, my dears, is the same. And it is the cosmic question and answer. What happened last night? What did you see last night? And what makes politics and life itself fascinating, as well we know, is that day after day, life after life, episode after episode, whether it's a bank robbery, a car crash, or any other event, and it's usually car crashes that they study, or bank robberies, for a variety of reasons. We can get into some other time. But I know you already know the reasons why. They use bank robbery because of the stress and because of the multitudinous variables that can occur during a bank robbery or a car crash, what it is people see during some... uh, public event which is generally traumatic which stresses people out and later social scientists are always fascinated by how a relatively small group of people see such an astoundingly large number of utterly disparate events there were six guys with guns no There were two guys, one woman, and a goat, and no one had a gun, except the goat had a pea shooter. No, they were were all dressed in raincoats. No, they were all naked. 
No, they all said they'd kill us. Lie down or we'll kill you. No, they all said, what time is it in Milan right now? And I remember being confused. Okay. Here's where we are. It's the beauty part of it. And if this isn't your show, I don't have a show for you. One, triple eight, nine hundred, three, three, nine, three. My question is, what happened last night? One, triple eight, nine hundred, three, three, nine, three. What happened last night? What did you see? What did you hear? Get ready to be frustrated by the unavoidable fact that other best and brightest watched and listened to the same things you did. Although in a few minutes, you'll be asking yourself, no, no, they didn't watch the same thing I did. That's not what happened. Rubio won that point. Rubio looked good. Whereas someone who is your peer will say, no, I love you, but I have no idea how you reached that conclusion. Cruz clearly won that point. Oh, uh, no, no, mon frere. Au contraire. Oh, no, Trump won that point simply by not being there. Oh, no, Bush, Heb, Heb, Heb Bush won that point. And don't you think that Ty and Doc and Skip and B and I and you didn't go to sleep last night? For me, it was somewhere around 4, 4.30, not still thinking about like lying over, like like rolling over and like making, sorry, honey, you know, and like making notes, scribbling notes on a, a, a crimped piece of paper about, oh, you know, like things, half of which I never could decipher when I awakened this morning. But at the moment, at 5.10 a.m. seemed the most important footnote I could ever think of. All of this is a description, however lame, I apologize, but a description of the sentiments you and I have undergone in the last couple of years, several months, few weeks, couple of days, couple of moments right now. And that is, we are players, we are actors, we are witnesses to history. And even we, among ourselves as a clearly select group cannot agree that what we heard and saw and what it obviously means is the same thing. So let's... Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, 
I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. And my partners on and of the Blaze Radio Network, one 888 We're going to handle this very aggressively in the next several days because anyone who calls is presumed to be worthy of calling. Anyone who calls made the effort to call, and that means you're going to be on as soon as there is a line for you. And there is a line for Jamie from Florida right now, which is why, thusly, you shall hear Jamie from Florida right now. Welcome, dude. Uh, ma'am. That's okay. Ma'am. Welcome, ma'am. ma'am. You couldn't be more of a ma'am. Welcome. Oh, I, I was, I think Cruz. Got a little. Tell us how you started out. Tell us how you started I think, out. I think I know why Trump didn't show up. No, no. Uh, because uh, they went. Do me back. a favor, J- Jamie. Do me a favor. If yes. you're willing, tell us how, as a preamble, tell us how you started out the evening. Did you start out leaning toward whom? Oh, uh. For the evening, I started out originally backing Trump uh, because he was saying what the American people were saying. All right. Did that did that but extend up I, until last night? Did that extend oh, until that, 9 a.m. Uh, east at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern that, last night? That, that expired a long time ago. All right. So again, uh, my question is: at 9, for, at 9 p.m. Debate, Eastern, rooting for Cruz. All right. At 9 p.m. Eastern last night, you were for Cruz. Yes, sir. Okay. Tell us of your evolution, if any. Well, they showed where everybody had changed a little on their uh, views. Uh, I think Cruz could have done a little bit better explaining the poison pill he tried to put into the bill to stop, uh, you know, the amnesty thing. I think Rubio yes, did very well in the debate. Pill. Was, yes, and Rubio did very well in the debate. But I think with the fact that they showed how all the people had changed their views on everything, if they'd have put Trump into the debate, done the same thing, he'd have looked like a, he'd have looked like he was doing cartwheels. He has changed his view on everything. Every time the wind blows, the man changes his mind. Uh, Cruz. Didn't explain it as well as he could have. He did explain it later in the interview with uh, the lady that Trump's been having trouble with. 
from Fox, but he was trying to stop the amnesty by sticking something into the bill that would have hurt it, not going for amnesty. And but I agree overall, with that. I think, sir? I agree with that, though not everybody buys that. But he is the least candidate that changes his mind. But I think Carly Fiorina should have been put on the main stage. I'm sorry, say that again. I think Carly should have been allowed on the main stage. Well, um, and Ty, do me a favor. Could you jack up your output to my major input? Sure. Thank you. Because uh, I'm hearing nothing in my headphones. Uh, uh, I think Carly Fiorina should have been given a chance at the main stage. Well, she's you know, good. She's Jamie, strong. That's been done. That's been done by empirical method so far. And though the empirical method, though the empirical method I realize has shifted, making it uh, a mockery to many, the fact is the empirical method, the standards, have been the same for each and all candidates for each and every debate. Now, it's a shame that they were not set at the beginning for everybody written down. You could look it up. And no one could complain. But it's not as if within, you know, from, from, from debate to debate, have they changed? Yes, Jamie. But within the debate, have some people been allowed and others disallowed within the same debate? No. And so I know it's imperfect, but so far it has not been, neither has it been perfectly imperfect. Yeah, I know. But she is, she's got a lot of potential. So am I to conclude from this that you ended the evening a Carly fan? I've always respected Carly, but I am a, uh, my support is behind Ted Cruz. Because I think he's the only thing that's going to save this country. And last night, and did your support... And grandkids coming, and it, it's not going to be the same world. It's not. I agree. Jamie, I thank you for the call. Um, <clears throat> what I'm going to be after today, in terms of my own bias, is, number one, whether I can hear you. And Ty, I just thought I'd pass along again. My, um, I'm hearing by virtue of secondary monitor speaker. Um, that's how I'm hearing output. I, I hear nothing through my headphones. So um, whatever that is should be turned up. I'm looking here at my command, and they're turned up enough that I should be hearing something. So, so if you can't hear me right now. Yeah, I hear you because I'm listening to you through a monitor. I, mean, I heard what you just said through an exterior monitor, but I did not hear you in my headphones. So I, I uh, that's okay for now. We'll we'll diddle with it. I just wanted to you know make you aware of it. Um, and am I keeping anyone waiting here before I move on? I know we're in a time clamp too. Kelly in Tennessee. All right, let's go right to her. Kelly in Tennessee, welcome, my dear. 
Watch, it'll be a guy. Hello, how are you? Kelly, I am well. All the better for your call. Thank you. Awesome. So my thing with the debate last night, I thought it was nice to have a grown-up debate. (laughs) Um, I thought that Ted could have done a lot better. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, him in different settings, and I just I don't think he was on his game as much as he could have been last night. Um, I thought Rubio did really well. Um, I think he articulates very well. I think he could be a good general election guy. Uh, I right. have disagreements with him. I have disagreements with a few of Ted Cruz's things. I have a few disagreements with Rand Paul, but I like them all. Um, Kelly, were there? Could could I ask you to think back and and share with us, if you would, a particular shortcoming of uh, Ted Cruz when it came to the ways in which he may have disappointed you last night, even if not in a major way? What was different about him that you didn't like? Well, I don't think his deal with the moderators worked very well. It came across as kind of off-putting. So, and I know it worked for him to, before, and I get what he was trying to do. It just wasn't good timing. Um, yeah. So, anyway. By the way, I... I want to agree with that, and if if you have more to say, then signify that by holding on. Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. And these are my partners, and we've got a lot to figure out. No kidding. It's Friday. Let's have fun, but let's not leave so much on the table, okay? one 888 Before the event last night, we asked questions like, what will it mean that Trump's not there? How will it affect this? Will it hurt or help Trump? Will it hurt or help his opponents? If so, whom? We ask questions like, what about, what about Trump's apparent unwillingness to answer questions about his sexual past? Is that a factor? What about Iowans? Will Iowans react badly because you're ducking a job interview? Or will they say, oh, that's cool. That's old-fashioned. No one cares anymore. What about the impact on Fox and on the debate itself? What about the debate on Megyn Kelly? What about the overall debate on 
the the impact on this debate last night. We have lots of interesting questions to answer. And I've got one I'm going to let loose on you right now. I don't expect it to be real popular, but you don't pay me to be popular. I said this last night uh, during my most enjoyable time with Skip and Doc and Ty on the Blaze After Dark last night. I said it, as Ty will confirm, before the debate. I said it during the debate. I'm saying it after the debate. May the gods help us. We have become addicted to adrenaline rather than democracy. At least, at least, as a forum of, or a drug of play. We are a lot more brought in to this thing by adrenaline than we are by civics. Donald Trump is in this race, in the position he's in, for one reason. You know it and I know it. Take it away. He was never there. He's not there now. But he is there now. Why? It's reality TV. He's a TV star. It's branding. It's personal branding. It's no different than Miley Cyrus twerking. It is Miley Cyrus twerking. Miley Cyrus twerks. Donald Trump jerks. Same deal. Slightly different stagecraft when you watched that debate last night you watched a debate that you could not expect now this is the question that comes in I expect you to challenge this I also would hope you would stick up for me and tell me if you agree but this is my most naked statement on the matter You were disappointed in that debate last night because it was, comparatively speaking, boring. It was boring relative to the others. It was boring compared to the others, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Why was it boring? It was boring because Donald Trump wasn't in it. It was boring because someone and something sold us the notion that participatory democracy could be a discotheque all the time, that this would be fun, it would be big laughs all the time, that you would never, ever, ever have to be weighed down by a moment where you were asked to put down your beer and consider whether ethanol subsidies are a good idea. No, I don't want I don't want to do that. Any reruns of uh Mikhail's Navy on? I, you know. I really don't don't bum me out. I've worked hard all day. I, I don't want to have to think about ethanol subsidies. But a fight between 
Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, one calling the other a mental midget. Oh, this I love. Wait, uh, honey, don't touch that dial. This is this is way better than this is way better than two poor women. Let's watch this. Donald Trump has from the beginning known something that we did not know, and that is so long as he can make politics show business, so long as he can render the business of this nation into a comic strip suitable for television and other media, we are going to find it a lot more interesting than otherwise. I'm not being cynical. I'm not being skeptical. I believe I'm being entirely realistic. And in that vein, I say to you, we missed Donald Trump last night. We may not have consciously missed him. We may not be consciously thinking of it in this vein, but I say to you, my with all the possible respect and admiration in the world, I am like you. I found last night's debate comparatively boring. And the reason I did is because Donald Trump wasn't there. And somebody, it was like a hit show with a lot of action, got a new producer. And that producer sucks. As a television producer, you know what people want to see and hear within the very restrictive confines of a political campaign, you know what you can and cannot do to make a political campaign fun to watch. Donald Trump understands that. He has made it fun. Last night, he wasn't there. Last night, you're fired, wasn't there. Last night, the prospect of an outrageous statement at any moment and another one in response to it by another candidate, that wasn't in the TV guide last night. That wasn't on any of the television channels last night. And as a result, everybody suffered. Everybody's performance suffered. We, as critical viewers... They, as crucial performers, the fact of the matter is Donald Trump's absence last night drained a very particular kind of element away from those debates. We had learned, we had learned that they can be fun. And then all of a sudden, they were back to being the debates that our grandparents watched. They weren't terrible. They weren't awful. They were good, but they weren't great. They weren't that funny. They were missing something. You know what they were missing? Whether or not you like him, let's be honest, they were missing Donald Trump. And because they were, we didn't find them as interesting. 
which may or may not lead us to conclude, and may the gods pity us if it's true, so far what's happened is not that we've become more and better addicted to the trappings of democracy. What may well be true instead is that we have become well and truly addicted to adrenaline and the kind of perverse campaigning and campaign and politics that Donald Trump, by his mere presence, guarantees. It's like last night, these guys didn't know what to do with themselves. Vanity Fair Online today, someone wrote, and I've never before quoted them, hope I never again will, but someone there wrote, Donald Trump has established himself as a planet around which other planets revolve. And when the planet Donald Trump was not there, some of these other planets just didn't know what to do with themselves. And if it seemed to you in your heart of hearts that last night what, that there was something missing, something missing, there was, for good or ill, there was something missing, Donald Trump. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And here are my partners at one 3393 Think of the next few days we go into. I love it. You're going to love it, too. I can't wait to spend the time with you. Now, we said yesterday, I said, I was wrong in, in my formula that, you know, the percentage formula that Trump would show up. I said in the end it was, I guess I started at 40-60 and then ended at 60-40. I felt then, I feel now that Trump still would have captured an, an enormous moment had he shown up last night. But given everything, uh, I really can't be second-guessing him at his at this point, can I? So we had what we had, and in our pre-analysis, we asked yesterday, what what does each candidate need to do or not do? It may be the last chance saloon for which candidate or candidates. Well, I say this to you. All of the, virtually all of the candidates on the Republican side had their best debate last night. Does anyone disagree with that? Ty, did that seem odd to you that almost everyone had their best debate? Even Heb Bush, people are saying Heb had his best debate last night. It was only recognizing, of course, that's a dubious distinction, right? Right. It was only surprising to me because Cruz didn't and everyone else did. 
Right. Good point. Uh, could they hear you? Yes. Could the audience hear you? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Absolutely. And that is that Cruz had what well, could generally be called, you know, not his best performance. But almost everyone else did, including Heb Bush. And again, is that just coincidence? Or was that because the stars were differently aligned, because the powers were differently aligned, because the big bad bear wasn't there? I'm sorry, but I have to believe it had something, a lot, to do with it. Which is why I ask you at one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three, what happened? What happened? What did I just see? What happened last night? What did, what did an absent Donald Trump do to that debate last night? Did he deny us of our adrenaline fix and consign us merely to, you know, policies and issues? I'm told it almost did happen, by the way. You may have read that there were negotiations up till the last minute for Trump to go there. It is reported from several reliable sources. Fox called Trump, begged him to be there. Whereas that may or may not be true, it also seems to me it cannot be argued that Trump's absence had everything to do with everyone's performance. Jay from Iowa, welcome back. Hey, Jay, how are you? Hey, Jay. Hey, uh, so I'm a cruise guy, huge cruise guy. In fact, I'm actually caucusing for Ted on caucus night. My problem comes in. (laughs) The great state of Iowa here, we haven't picked a presidential candidate in over 20 years. Do we really want Ted Cruz to win? It seems to me the better strategy would have Ted make a really strong showing in second and come in strong second in New Hampshire and sweep <laughs> uh, Southern Belt. I get you. I get you. But no, you know, you want whenever Iowa's right, they're right, and everyone makes a big deal out of it for good reasons. And so why deny anybody? certainly including your guy and mine, Ted Cruz. Why deny him a victory if victory is to be his? I get what you're saying. Is there some clever way to beat the jinx? Yeah, win. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is your latest edition of the Jaily News. This is the Blaze Radio Network. You are my partners, and this is the real big history that we're making and living through together. Excelsior.
Ladies and gentlemen, partners, loved ones, I'm going to say something to you here on the Blaze Radio Network, which may seem a bit inane given the circumstances, but which is, I, I beg you to trust me, very much a part of the unique inanity, which is this piece of history, this election cycle. You ready? Megyn Kelly, a year ago, would have been yanked out of that debate so quickly that even had you known her name in the beginning, you certainly wouldn't ever again. But the unique dynamics of media, journalism, the way it works these days, is that there is a star system and there is star power, and it is built to the nth degree by networks that choose to or fail to stand behind their people. I don't, it's not maybe that big a deal, and I'm not going to try to make it one, but I can't tell you just by way of coincidence to me, knowing that I work for someone who stands behind me, you can't know what that means every day doing what you do, trying to do what you do, the best you can do it every day, knowing you have someone who stands behind you. Well, Fox News has decided to stand behind Megyn Kelly, and they have bought themselves one of the greatest, no, the greatest media politician contretemps in the history of American politics. And they're sticking by their guns. And however differently last night may have gone, or other nights go, or other nights have been, bear in mind that Roger Ailes' willingness to have a steel of spine and to stick up for his employee is really, really the story here. It may not be the most important story, but it is at ground zero of every other story that's being told. And I thought I would mention it. Meanwhile, we waited for last night, and we talked about our pre-analysis, and we said this is the last chance saloon for whom we seem to agree that it was the last chance saloon for a number of people for whom it's already too late, but the last chance saloon for some people for whom it may not be too late. And one of those may be Heb, Heb, Bush. Jeb Bush had his best debate last night. I'm not saying it was good. I'm not saying it was good. 
I'm saying it was his best so far. To some degree, it serves us all to learn to think a little bit like lawyers. I didn't say he was good. I said he was at his best. One is a subjective viewpoint, and the other is a totally objective one. What do you think? Do you think Heb Bush did anything for himself last night? What about anybody or everybody else? Trump do himself a service or a disservice by not being there last night? Look at what happened last night. A debate that was, in my view, so demonstrably lackluster in energy that what really happened last night is that, God help us, we were shown to have become addicted to adrenaline rather than participatory democracy. I think we all suffered last night and were all embarrassed by the notion, this plaguing notion that this didn't go all that well. Like, well, like, I, I don't get it. This should go better than any other one. You know, here we go. The big explosion happens on Monday. How could this not be more exciting than any other debate? And I say to you that I believe this debate was seen by many to be boring for reasons they cannot exactly ascertain. And I put to you those reasons are, God help us, we have become addicted to adrenaline rather than participatory democracy. And you know those discussions we had earlier in the week about the staffs, the staffs meeting to decide when they would leave Iowa, whether they would leave Iowa, all of that? Well, a day after I told you about those meetings and and arguments, Marco Rubio held a press conference to say, I'm staying. A day after that, Heb Bush held a press conference to say, I'm staying. Yesterday, without a press conference, Donald Trump got on a plane and went to New Hampshire. As Guru Jay say, not everyone is going to stick it out for reasons indigenous to their campaigns. And whatever you think it's worth, and I have a number, an actual phone number at which you can tell me what you think it's worth. In fact, I am soliciting right now, just now, that particular answer from you and will put you up instantly if you will answer for me. Do you think Donald Trump made the right or wrong decision with specific particularity to announcing that he's now finished in the state of Iowa and immediately upon the conclusion of the debate last night, he is fleeing the jurisdiction. He's going on to New Hampshire. 
to get a head start. Does this hurt? Does this hurt him? Does it help someone else? Does it present an opportunity for someone else? Don't forget, we've got 40%. I don't know how we have this, but I'm told we do still. 40% of likely caucus goers, and at this point, since I'm not from Iowa, and and I, I certainly don't mean to insult anyone, honestly I don't, but I have very little to lose usually ever by telling the truth. And so I'm going to tell it now. Donald Trump once asked the question, how stupid, how stupid could Iowa voters be such as not to vote for him? How stupid could they be, he asks. That's not my question. My question is, how stupid could any group of voters anywhere be With three days left, 40% of these voters upon whom is uniquely lavished the individual attention of the candidates themselves, all of their staffs, all of their money, all of their messages, all of their attention. And if you live in Iowa and you are one of the 40% who still does not know for whom you will cast your support or whether you will. On Monday, I'm going to be trapped into quoting Donald Trump for the first and I hope the last time. How? Stupid could you be? The Jay Severin Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Jordan from Missouri on the Blaze Radio Network. Speak, please. Hey, Jay, the point that you brought up right before that break is so important. Trump leaving Iowa to go to New Hampshire is a big deal. I think also uh, people are really underestimating how much it's going to hurt Trump amongst the undecideds for not showing up to that debate. Oh, definitely. Do you think people will put two and two together? I mean, I happen to agree with you. One or the other is, is kind of precedented and not that big a deal in a way. But to skip the last debate, and again, you can have your own answers. You, don't have, you have no idea whether your answers are going to translate into what voters are thinking about you, right? So right. In, in concert, you skip the last job interview and you skip town a week early or, four, you know, five days early. Th- that, that is a statement. 
Oh, it is. And Jay, with you saying you cited 40 percent are undecided, I know a blaze poll amongst Iowan voters cited upwards of 60 percent are still undecided even after the debate. So to have to have Trump, if, if I'm an Iowan, uh, I, I hear that, you know, they kind of treat the primaries like they want to be courted, you know, almost like they're going on a date with these people. They want to see him all the time. So right. to have that opportunity and to miss it. I mean, if I'm an Iowan, I'm offended. I'm mad. Uh, Trump, what are you doing? Where are you going? You're not going to show up to our debate in our state. Yeah, I, th- I think he really hurt himself among the undecided voters. If I were, my friend, Jordan, if I were advising uh, Rubio or Cruz or somebody else, I would say the minute, first of all, I'd, I'd, I'd make sure we staked intel people all over the place uh, to find out whether Trump was blowing the state before Election Day. And if he was, I would say I want a film crew on standby I mean, you'd have to do this for me. I want film of him boarding that plane. I want him and his whoever's with him. If his wife is with him, all the better. Can you imagine if his wife is there in $27,000 worth of clothing and $220,000 worth of jewelry and they're loading, they're getting on to their private G5 uh, on the on the outskirts of some tarmac uh, of an airport and and blowing out of town in the middle of the night with no announcement, I would that 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 footage is priceless, priceless. Yeah, it, it is, Jay. And you know there was there was a guest on uh, Dana Lash's television program. I can't remember who it was, but said something is perhaps Trump missing the debate what, because maybe he's seeing some numbers that we're not. That hopefully. After Monday, when he loses, I hope he does, he will say something like, oh, well, it's just because I didn't go to the debate. That's the only reason I lost. Had I been at the debate, I would have won. But, you know, the only reason I lost because I'm not there, and now I'm in New Hampshire. Let's, let's go to New Hampshire. Let's, let's take this. But well, Jordan, I, I a bunch really of us hope. have said from the beginning that if there is such a thing as red kryptonite for Donald Trump, and Lord knows every other type of kryptonite has been tried, right? But if right. there is a red kryptonite for Trump, I suspect it's the kind that costs him face. And I've always thought that the most devastating red kryptonite, and I don't say this against Donald Trump. I'm just observing this. I would make the same observation about and have and will about all candidates. But in Donald Trump's case, since he is the man of the moment, I believe the reddest of red kryptonite for Donald Trump, if there is one, would be him losing. You know, him coming in second anywhere. Or imagine if he came in third. And typically, these are the kinds of things, you know better than I, I think, that Iowans tend to slap people with if they show disrespect. Uh, right. it, it, it could be coincidence or otherwise, but Ronald Reagan was well ahead when he was running in the Iowa caucuses and he left town. F- he was so well positioned, Jordan, that he and his entourage left openly and were filmed openly blowing out of Iowa four or five days prior to primary day, sorry, caucus day. 
and they got their heads handed to them. Right. And, and again, I think the biggest thing is to understand 40 to 60% are undecided. I don't understand that. I think that's crazy. So as much as, uh, I mean, this debate, I really love the debate, I, I, you know, despite some of the shortcomings of it, but I don't think that matters as much. I think the biggest story for Iowans personally is what I think Trump wasn't there. That makes me mad. That offends me. That hurts me. He's not here. He's not here today. He's not going to be here on Monday. I don't want him. If I'm undecided. Jordan, I'm so glad you brought it up because I really wondered whether to bring this up. You know, with, with my experience in politics, I said, okay, what about this thing about the fights and the, you know, you sit down and the fights between the candidates and their staffers, whether or not to leave the state. And, you know, you, a little voice in your head says, nah, don't, don't mention that. That's going to bore people. No one's going to care. Your call makes me really glad that I did mention it the other day because these fights are prominent they're 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 just blood fights among the top most level staffers and their families i've been in a few where the wife has gotten involved and children and spouses and people arguing and people saying i'm sorry i respect you and the, you know the wife saying f you i don't care if you respect me i mean language that if we were recorded it would it would disqualify them right there you know, but but the wife yelling, I don't care what you think. It's time to get out of this state. It's time to go to a new place. I'm sick of this place. Let's go, you know, grab a few days head start in another place or, you know, the exact opposite view. And whoever ends up winning or losing, uh, as we now see, Jordan, this has so much to do or can have so much to do with what ends up happening. And you, you leave the state early, any state, any time, at your own peril. Yeah, you can't do that with 40% undecided, Jay. You just can't. It ain't wise. Nope. <laughs> Jordan, I appreciate the call. Please stay on the ground. Keep your nose to the ground for us so we can count on you during the weekend. And as we roll into Monday, I'm just, I'm so, just so terribly excited about what's going to happen here. And we are into uh, one of the greatest blessings and treats for those of us who are excited by a representative constitutional democracy. Because, man, we're about to get slammed in the best possible way by primary after primary after primary. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. And on the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393. I will be live tweeting to you all weekend long, at on and off, you know, at most minutes of the day and night, as to breaking stories and analysis as we follow down to, through, and beyond the wire of Monday. So glad we get to do this together. Can't believe we are here already, and we are. Let me mention that last night, immigration was the ticket to hold. Last night, immigration was the big ticket item. 
the fact that Ted Cruz could not do a better job on immigration, the fact that Marco Rubio actually held his own last night on immigration. Okay, I'm trying to let you down easy. Are you ready for the truth? Ted Cruz sucked dead moose on the issue of immigration last night. And Marco Rubio was a wicked star. He was a star. A star on immigration. And this is the guy that came within moments of making every illegal immigrant an American citizen. This was the guy, Marco Rubio, who came within seconds, gestures, strokes of the pen, in my view, of ruining this country. The strongest insider player that the Democrats have ever duped this much, who was a Republican, who was a rhino, that McCain and Graham and Chuck Schumer got together and they put stars in his eyes and they took him out to dinner at the Senate dining room and they took him on a few fact-finding missions to I don't know where. And they put stars in the kid's eyes and they just about succeeded in stealing the right of American birthright, of American citizenship. And if you listen to Marco Rubio, I'm not sure that many of us do. See, he's been scared straight on the issue. I mean, he has peed his pantsuit on this. He has been scared straight on this. You know who hasn't? Heb. Heb Bush. As late as, and this is the thing that truly amazes me. As recently as last night. Last night. Last night! What day is it? As recently as last night, Heb Bush was appearing on national television in the debates saying that, you know, a comprehensive plan for a road to amnesty, a road to citizenship. We have to have that. These people have to be protected. They have to know that if they come learn the language, and you know these things we're going to do. I mean, you and I both know that when it comes right down to it, we are both sufficiently organized. Our public opinion, I'm sorry, our our public employees are sufficiently skilled, disciplined, and good at what they do that we can have no doubt that they are able willing, eager, standing there, just waiting for the moment, just waiting for the order to force all of the crimigrants to turn themselves in and to learn English, to speak received English 
like a Cambridge Don and to pay all the back taxes they are uh, that they owe. Right? Of course they're going to do these things. Why? Because, well, Obama says they are. And Marco Rubio says they are. And Heb Bush says they are. And what's going to happen instead is that your children, my children, are getting ready to live in the United States of Mexico. This is well on its way to being the United States of Mexico, and that's what it's going to be. In another 20 years, the United States of America demographically is going to be a um, Latino slash Hispanic slash Chicano third world Spanish speaking nation where the minority of its citizens will understand or speak English nor conduct the country's day-to-day business in English. That's where we're headed. You want to know where we're headed? Take a weekend, go to a New Mexico, Texas, uh, go to a Texas border town. That's where we're headed. Do you know what the number one kidnap murder town in the world is now I want you to think of this question not even the answer I want you to think about how much we've changed I want you to be horrified because I have children and maybe you do and if this is not enough to horrify you nothing is Think about when you were a child. Think about when you were in middle school or high school. You wouldn't even know then what the question really meant, would you? I mean, you wouldn't know what the answer means, would we? But if you were asked that question, what what's the number one kidnap murder city on the planet Earth? And the answer today on January 29th, 2016. On Earth, the number one kidnap murder capital city on the planet Earth. Start thinking about the names in the subcontinent of India, in Bangladesh, in China, in Bulgaria, in South America, in Mexico City, in El Salvador. Think of all the cities competing for that vaunted title. The number one kidnap murder city on the planet Earth remains now for several years in a row, I seem to recall, Phoenix, Arizona. Isn't it lovely? 
Isn't it America just like you pictured it? Did you have the did, did you have the, the the blessed blessed privilege when you were a kid to go to Europe for a summer or longer it was a present from your parents you got to maybe backpack with a euro rail pass you got to travel around Europe a little bit before you came home and if you did it was the greatest thing you ever did in your life because travel like that, being the greatest educator on earth, forget it. Stop it right now. Stop it. Stop it right now. Don't even consider doing that for your children. I'm going to yet again quote Margaret Mitchell, the authoress of Gone with the Wind, and the last few words of her book, Gone with the Wind. If you yearn for it, look for that world. Look for it only in history books. For it is gone. Gone with the wind. And that's where it's gone. My kids couldn't backpack Boston on a school day. On a school trip. I have to worry about them. Good luck if you send your kids to Europe. Every day, every night, I'm listening to Afghan 14-year-old boys raping, gang-raping in public girls and women at knife point and gunpoint and killing them on the streets of Denmark, Sweden, Germany, Finland. Can you imagine... Saving up and being proud and being able to send your young daughter or son to Finland. And you're so proud that they've made it to Finland. To Finland. And they call you back and say, the streets are filled with goat herders with long beards trying to kill us because... We not Muslims. Finland! Okay? We need to recognize all of this stuff because until we do, who won the debate last night? And very frankly, why it is that Donald Trump is going to win the Republican nomination and the presidency of the United States? Do you know why that is? It is, you know. It is, you know. And do you know why it is? It's because the number one kidnap murder capital of the world is here in the United States of America. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. This is 
Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And my partners, I just uh, sent a message back. Let me make sure I spell this correctly, um, which is always a trick for me. Uh, Stacy says that she recalls a trip to Italy with her friends, jumping in a cab. They were laughing. They were going somewhere. Imagine three girls going somewhere on their own, their backpacks. I sent back to Stacy the message, I feel the sun on my neck. I feel the sun. I feel the laughter. I hear the laughter. I remember the warmth of that utterly carefree attitude, the great blessing of being with my friends in a new, wonderful, strange place and drinking in all of the different cultural treasures and knowing that tomorrow, well, shall we go to Sweden? Shall we go to Switzerland? Shall we go to Germany? Shall we go to Spain? I remember that. And now, as a parent, I feel the anxiety. The anxiety. Because I'm not supposed to recognize that who they're most likely to meet on the village square are savages who will kill them. Todd, thank you for your patience. No worries, Jay. How you doing? All right, bud. You know, it's sad what you're what you're saying that uh, how much the world is changing. Um, but but back to to the uh, Trump show, as it were. I think it goes. I think it goes back to what. You know, the old saying is there's no business like show business. And, man, is he showing us that. Right. That's right. And um, I mean, once once he understood that once he understood we got a taste for that, then he had no competitors. Absolutely. And, you know, it just kind of pulled in my mind last night after the debate. Because I, I felt more fulfilled by the debate last night as far as substance. I mean, we got into mm-hmm. some nitty-gritty with, like, mm-hmm. Ted Cruz mm-hmm. and, and ethanol. Yep. But, but you know, the spectacle wasn't there. And, and they kind of reminded me that that's really what Trump is. He is the spectacle. He's, he's basically 19th century Paris. And... And for a variety of reasons, that is frightening, ought to be frightening to us. Oh, yes, it's, it's very frightening to me because um, I remember learning He has transformed about... us. If he wins, he has transformed us into the mobs of 19th century Paris. That's what yes. we must all yes. understand. And, and we all have a role in this. I'll be with you all weekend long. Look for the Jason Show only on the Blaze Radio Network.